Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Classic West podcast, where we venture through the annals of hip hop and we look for albums and see why they are classics. And uh, well, this week we'll be talking about Gangsta and IP, Mr. Gangsta Nip. The South Park Psycho is the album. Mm-hmm. My name is HSR. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And yeah, before we jump into it, we're going to do the intro bit. So if you do want to skip that, check the description of this video. So without further ado, we wanted to let you know we are some regular people who are not experts well, at this. Well, regular. Regular is a regular stretch. enough. Uh, regular in the sense that y'all probably know more about this than we do. You've listened to this album more than we have. Usually we have about a week for each album. Yeah. So it's just kind of stuff to frame your opinion of us going in. We're aware that you guys probably have more to contribute than what we've said. And for that reason, we love the comment section and highly encourage you to drop some knowledge up in the comments. Um, do it. Anyway, to show some love, we always like to go through the comments. I answer every single one of them because you guys are taking some time. I might as well respond to you. But uh, I got into a great conversation on last week's review uh, comment section where we talked about Run the Jewels' Run the Jewels 2. In there, we had Chris RTJ, where it clicked, RTJ, Run the Jewels, (laughs) right? Anyway, he goes, I hope they do start popping up in local corner stores. We're talking about Cola here. Um... I'm not familiar with Fago, that's the Juggalo soda, but heard of it, but don't know what it is. We'll look it up later. Damn, maybe you're right about Quebec distribution. Shit's fucked up because the language laws, the likelihood of seeing Cola here before they're popping is very low unless it's kind of sneaky, sneaky shipping in. If I can find some, I'll try to send you a case so that I can see it on the shelves case back there <laughs> so i really like that comment nobody said something like that like that to me before so that became my favorite comment it's just what it is um so that was fun and, and i think that like that album i think it's only getting better like i just am stuck listening to it i can't stop listening to it she's not like yeah run the jewels too i'm like obsessed and i think like i listen to it more and i love it even more than when i graded it that's fair and that's not the album we're here for today, no. but we definitely encourage you to check that out if you have not already done so, which, well, you should just do. Uh, before we get into this week's album, though, why don't we give a special thanks to the patrons, because we've got a new patron, so to, it's a little bit longer now. It's uh, Mr. Carl J., the new one, with uh, Super Old School 1994. Um, he's the one who requested this album through Patreon. There you go. Uh, Linda Williams, Ismail Gadamsey, Chris Prado. Oof, got them all. Now it's five. That's really amazing. <laughs> and really, we over time, seeing you. the growth, it's amazing. You guys really keep our spirits high, as you can say. Um, anyway... <laughs> Let's talk about this. We're going to go through the entire album track by track, give our thoughts on each track. So, Bonnie, what album are we talking about today? So, this week we are doing Gangsta Nip. <laughs> I'm saying that funny because there's a K in there or it's an X. I don't know which one it is. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other, it seems. So, this is a good opportunity because I couldn't figure it out either. For y'all to um, describe with the history of why there are so many letter swaps, is the gangsta nip with an X a different persona? All that good shit. 
I love those essay looking comment answers that are like super big. So feel free to drop that knowledge. Yeah. And this um, album is the South Park Psycho. um, And this was before South Park was a thing. So this was the original South Park. um, And this came out February 26th, 1992. Fair enough. Um, so this is the part of the show where we try to like contextualize our familiarity with the artist because the truth of the matter is if you've been listening to this album for 20 years, your feelings on it are going to be significantly different than, say, ours who have listened to it for a week. <laughs> and in the middle, if you're like uh, a big fan of him, even going back to this album, it's going to be a super big contextual difference. The more knowledge you know of his history and the Houston rap scene in general, and the South Park Coalition in general, the likelihood is your greater appreciation for this album. So that's, that's just kind of what we're doing here because I don't know Gangsta Nip at all personally. Like no, I've never I didn't know really him. heard him before. Um, super Old School in 1994 requested him. That's why we're reviewing him. But what I thought was super interesting is when I clicked that the uh, South Park that he's referring to is the same South Park that Kay Reno is referring to. And very recently in my life, I've become a new convert to being a Kay Reno fan. Uh, <laughs> we reviewed Mightier Than the Sword, and I blew my mind at how well put together it is. I've been listening to the four-piece, and we'll have reviews of those coming out over the course of the next couple of weeks because I really think Kay Reno just, like, blew my fucking mind. So there I was sitting here, and uh, spoiler on the intro listening he's like the South Park Coalition and I'm like oh I know what the fuck that is because Carino (laughs) and whatnot and that was really 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 cool to realize that Gangsta Nip is one of the guys who like co-founded this shit and like made it something back in 87 and whatnot so it really made me want to listen to this album even more realizing how connected it is to stuff I'm already interested in so it's really cool to have this opportunity to like talk about it because most of my music listening lately is whatever the fuck I'm reviewing on this channel. I don't have a lot of time anymore for music I even care to listen to. So it's like, yes, this is interesting. I'm really happy to explore the history here. Mm-hmm. But I know shit all about Gangsta Nip outside of that. Um, I know that this is his first solo album. Yep. And he is letting you know he is the South Park psycho. Yep. And I don't know, do you have anything about your feelings there? Yeah, I mean, I um, like I didn't know who this guy was. You know, it's been a week. And um, yeah, he's he's interesting. That's pretty much all I have to say. Did you look did you uh, like the cover? It is him without a shirt. Mm-hmm. I like how the parental advisory stickers over his belly. It's like like car it's like ripped out of his abdomen or yeah. something like his gut is or like his spirit or something or like is is what is explicit yeah like but it looks like it was like ripped like like a paper was ripped like it looks like that it's cool though it get it ranks high in the most creative uh, parental advisory you know, warnings probably, i've seen it's probably like a collage like he put like the back picture on and then he car- cut out a picture of himself and then he cut out that picture of the parental advisory explicit lyrics thing and put that over top that's what it looks like thinking about how print used to be that makes actually a lot of sense <laughs> um simple stylized text at the top i like the hyphens and nip which I believe, and it says here on his Wikipedia, NIP stands for the Nation of Islam is Powerful, and he is also a part of the Nation of Islam. So that's really interesting, because that's a subject, just the Nation of Islam, that I plan on personally learning a lot more about over the course of the year. And Mm -hmm. so 
just seeing that that's what it stood for. It's like interesting that this guy, you know, has that the man behind it. So yeah. anyway, as you go through the album, you're like, well, damn. But it makes sense. It really, really does. So I really don't know that the cover does a lot for me. <laughs> it's just fine. It's like uh, what? There's like a demon in the background, and uh, it's kind of scary. It's like, like an X-ray of a skeleton or something. Oh, like that. maybe I don't know. I, I didn't know what it was, but it's like red and kind of scary. And then he's standing there, like or a cat, ag- aggressive looking. Could be a cat. No, look at that facial structure. Anyway, maybe I don't I'm know. wrong. It's something. That's why I just thought it was like a demon. Um, yeah, I mean, he looks like ready to fight. It's like the, the the monsters inside of him ready to pop. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I say we can move into possibly one of Bonnie's favorite songs on the entire album, The, the Introduction. Intro. Normally we like to let Bonnie start because I talk a lot, but we need to give it some love here. So I love the production of this right away, and I think the production of this album is super gritty but very theatrical in a way that's really well done. I'm not good at describing production very well, but this one has elements of growls and screams and overall horror sounds mm-hmm. over this pulsing beat, but it's got a doom doom. So it feels suspense over your heartbeat. Like it's a suspense tone shift over a pulsating rhythmic heartbeat sound. And I was like, that is a really great thing to lace with the um, growls and screams to create this almost creepy effect so right away you're just met with that while he kind of starts introducing everything he introduces himself he's the most psychotic gangster rapper in the world and the whole time he's got this creepy screamy voice like he's one of those guys that's probably Mm -hmm. really loud and you can picture spit flying out of his mouth as he records this into the microphone um he introduces his producers his affiliates Ice T, whole bunch of other people. He says shit like Deuce, better known as Twice, cause he died twice, which I thought was cool. I don't know who Deuce is, but that's a cool thing to know. You know, he died like, twice. Yeah, it's like he's that gangster that he's come you back. You know what? He can't be killed. From a personal enjoyment point of view, I can always live without the credits. But from an establishing your brand, from what was going on in a hip hop culture point of view. Instead of throwing this at the end, he opened up his album with the credits, giving the shout-outs to everybody involved, and just kind of priming you up that this is from the South Park Coalition. You know, that's the last thing you hear, and it's just almost like almost like when you hear the strange on a strange music album. Uh, it's kind of like that, only this time, instead of stamping it at the end, he's stamping it right at the beginning. In a way, when old-timey movies and shit like Monty Python and crap have the credits happening right at the beginning. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. In a way, it's almost like calling it classic in and of itself through just putting the credits at the beginning instead of at the end. I don't know if that was deliberate. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if anyone else has even thought of that. (laughs) I just thought of that, so that's why it happened. Either way, the chances of me listening to this if I were to go seek it out on my own is very little. But I do think it sets up the album properly. And to go, if I'm going to give this like a whole album listen, it would feel kind of weird without this introduction at this point. So I give it a 4.25. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, it's creepy right away. We kind of have that kind of like echoey voice and there's like this like maniacal laughing that's kind of like in like the background. It's a little bit quieter. 
Um, and then he's he's just like shouting out all of his friends, and it's just kind of annoying because it's just like, okay, we get it. Like you have friends, and like it's, she doesn't get it, guys. <laughs> like, I'm with you. Like I get it that like you know you want to do this, but I I don't know. I always find these kind of like drawn out a little bit. Um, it just wasn't really that fun to listen to. Like he just keeps going on and on, and then <laughs> he really, like all love intended, he really does. At a certain point, you're like, "Shit, you're okay. still going." Yep, <laughs> yep, he's still going, and um, like I don't know, it's just it's just not like. For me, like, it wasn't a good intro because it's just kind of like, ugh, is this how, like, the rest of the album's going to be? Is it going to be drawn out and, like, weird like this? Um, so it, it didn't really, like, leave me with, like, the best feeling. Like, it's a very nice gesture. Like, I get it that you're, like, shouting at all your friends that have helped you out and, like, all of, like, the people that have, you know, supported you along the way and that are working with you or whatever. Um, so it's very nice that he does that, but it's just very boring and it's very skippable. For, so for me, this is a three on five. Okay. Let's talk about what's going to happen in the comment section. A horror movie and when they rap at that keyboard with their fingers. Mm -hmm. um, so before we jump into it, the title of this song and the placement on the album is very smart. I want to give him a lot of like credit for what he's trying to do. I mean, he knows that what he's about to do in 92 is probably going to piss off some people, right? I mean, we see the same kind of stuff. We've talked about what went on with Esham. We, I know part about Marilyn Manson getting fucking Christians touring around and shit. And there's no way you're going to spit shit like sick in the head, bloodshed in an ant bed. You want a new leg? Give me some needle and thread and go on with some psychotic shit. And just kind of get a, not get negative repercussions in light of how prissy the world is at this point. It's like if you think people are sensitive now, it almost seems like people were like militant, like willing to shut you down sensitive. Like even cancel culture isn't a new concept the more we look at gangster rap from the underground. If you really think about it, that's what people were trying to do in a sense was when they would hear shocking shit. And I don't know if this happened to Nip. This is just like a trend I've noticed with shocking music. It's not that different than shocking comments. And if there was a Twitter back then, we would see for the boycotts and the shutdowns. And yeah. so just something to point out, cancel culture is a new, isn't a new phenomenon. It, it's just amplified in its current state, something I just thought of because of fucking gangsta nip. Isn't it incredible how a 1992 title of a song can inspire interesting commentary on the current state of society? Yep. So super old school 1994, that's some dope shit. Um, <laughs> But for real, it's going to be shocking and shit. And so he's telling you almost this is the genre of what he wants it to be. He's like, and it's an interesting statement how while this is probably not okay in rap or metal, right? It's just not. It's totally okay for the black person to die first in the horror movie, almost to the point where it's a running stereotype. And that's just socially acceptable. I don't know if that was a stereotype in 92. It most certainly... It was in Jurassic Park. I think that was like, what, 92? I guess. But it's almost like to that end, it was like by the time I was 12, everybody knew the black guy died first in the horror movie. It was like a running joke. So I think it's fascinating that you take a black guy 
and I apologize that this comes off racist in any way, but you take a black guy who's probably watched a bunch of black guys dying first in a horror movie and he creates a tale where it's the horror movie and the black guy's doing all the killing. That to me sounds like a healthy use of rage and creativity. That to me sounds like what he's doing here is showing people that there's a way that you could take maybe some of your more violent thoughts and outrage and lay it all down in some rhymes so that maybe you don't snap and do something stupid, right? I might be wrong, but I'm just building on some shit Bonnie said in our Natas or our Esham review or whatever that was just kind of like, these guys were using this platform to maybe explain their social circumstances and kind of at the same time unleashed that aggression that's inside of them and it's it's like from a 2019 looking back perspective it's super clear that you would want somebody to write violent rhymes more than be violent yep you just would unless you're fucking stupid we know there are stupid people out there and there are tons of stupid (laughs) ignorant ass motherfuckers who obviously don't get it but it's just really interesting to see these like guys who are in a really social awareness sense, trying to just show different things that can be done instead of maybe the safe, boring pop shit that's happening. Because let's be real, at the same time as this is going on, dudes like Young MC is unfortunately pop star types, and MC Hammer is another and alternative. Ice, I think he makes like a comment about it. So this it as well. is what like I guess the mainstream is seeing, and these guys are probably just paving different lanes for it. It's so fascinating from that point of view. Yep. Um, but what did you think about the song? Um, it sounds like a, like a twisted and like dark version of like a of like a fairy tale or something like that, or like a nursery rhyme. Like it sounds kind of like that. Um, and for me, like I, I'm very like particular. I like listening to things and like doing things that are like in a line with what's happening in like the year. Like I like doing, you know. You know what I'm talking about. So what she's trying to say <laughs> is if it's November and it's Remembrance Day, you have to watch war movies. And if it's like December, it's Christmas movies. And in January, it's what? Some kind of movies. Well, and no, like I had like like in January, I read like very like winter story Yeah, winter theme shit. And it's always like that. It's fucking terrible. And we can't find anything to watch on Netflix <laughs> because of her terrible tendencies. All right. I, anyways, so yeah, I do a lot of that. And so for me, like I feel like this one, was very um like like a good song to listen to around Halloween. So I just feel like <laughs> like the or like if you're into this kind of sound then it's good anytime at all really. Um but for me like it just sounded like very I don't know, that's when I watch horror movies is, <laughs> is it because Halloween. he says shit like gangsta NIP, I'm worse than Freddy. You can't kill me because I'm dead already. But it's also like the sound of it and everything. It's very creepy. It's very like Halloween soundy. It's, it's kind of sort of like a like a wind blowing in the background. So it sounds like fall, cold, like that kind of like it gives you that kind of feeling. Um, and I, 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 have, I took a few lines that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, so I wanna, and I'm gonna trade heads with a moose, gangsta NIP with a psycho voice. Some say I'm insane because I married a dead horse. It's Christmas time. Happy New Year, G. A dead pig's head makes a good ass Christmas tree. And you're like, what? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> it's very absurdist. It's very, cr- but you know what it is to me. It's, it's very brutal and violent, but also like very like it's very meant to be shocking. But what I have to give him a lot of credit for is that it's so out there that it works, because so often, okay, like here's an example. 
You can have a rapper talk about how much they like to fuck, but if you really think about their sex lives, their sex sounds very boring. Oftentimes, they don't have many positions they try. It's really a lot of they get hit. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with getting a lot well, of Well, I mean, as we will find out, like this guy is very a little bit more adventurous than right. the regular Joe. Which is creative. It makes you think and wonder. It almost <laughs> makes other people seem less creative and boring by comparison because That's true. who is going this extreme? Is Eminem really that extreme? When you hear shit like this, it's kind of the thoughts that run through my mind. I mean, at certain points, for sure. But, yo, I mean, I don't know if all of Gangsta Nip's career is this inventive. I really don't know. And I know he has albums coming out to this day, practically. I think I saw something from 2017. So I don't know if he kept it up or whatever. I really don't. But K. Reno did. So I can't imagine that this dude's going to all of a sudden not be a great rhymer 20 years after practicing, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't bad. It was it was enjoyable. I I just for me, it wouldn't be like an everyday song that I would listen to. Like I would listen to it like in ha- in like October at Halloween. Um, but that's just me. I give it a four on five. Um, so I have very like a strange relationship with horror in general. I'm not really a fan of horror. So when I thought about it, because at one point I put out a video of what I listened to the most in the year on Spotify, according to Spotify, Mm -hmm. which is just mostly a bunch of pop shit and then some of the songs that really stuck out to me. And I remember Super Old School 1994 asking, uh, claiming he was surprised like Esham or whoever wasn't there. And I realized it's because I'm barely ever really in a mood where I want to go put on horror shit. So I very much appreciate the brilliance in this writing. Like, there is some shit that really made me have to be like, damn, that's fucking interesting. A bird's leg woke up dead and with his head in some fish grease. Ten died yesterday. Ten just died. Ten died today. Okay. I Now this football's on layaway. I'm like, okay. I'm not really sure what's going on, but it's not boring, you know. Uh, you said I was weak. Yeah, point blank told me. And then, and then it just... In my opinion, it jumps the shark, but it also makes it really fucking interesting. Tied a needle to my dick that my grandmother rode me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. A bit that. of incest there. I really enjoyed how, like, shocking it is. It makes Bizarre seem really boring by comparison. Bizarre the rapper, I mean. Because he'll try to say some shit like that, but knowing that this dude dropped it in 92 and it's so and much harder. And he sounds like he means it. <laughs> like Which, I know it's not necessarily all true, but he makes it sound like he means it. But like that's it's like this amazing character he's created. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if he's supposed to be this gangster psycho from South Park and that's the role he's taking, that's his persona. Damn, that is something you would expect a psycho to do. And that's what I think. And like is, this is his also his first album. So he's he's going in hard. He's like, This is who I am. Like he's he's really like Pushing himself, I think. Ah, it's really to me. It's just it's it's so inventive, and like even if it's maybe not the most like I'm gonna be honest with you, the beats fine, the tisket, the chorus, hook, hook verse hook formats really cool. It's very interesting. It's grimy. It's like murderous almost. Um, at one point, he says, "Snaps his finger," and you hear the snap. Just like I kind of tried to coordinate that, and I hope I wasn't too loud. But um, and then it's like. Yeah, like it's just all over, but it really is this grotesque horror scenario. Like yeah. all the shit he would do if he were Quentin Tarantino making a horror movie. I don't think I meant to say Rob Zombie, then I said Quentin. But I guess both <laughs> would make a good horror movie. Either way, 
Um, the song got a 4.35 for me. And a little bit of that is that I'm highly impressed with the writing and I'm highly impressed with Gangsta Nip's delivery, his vocal control, his dynamic craziness to the way he rhymes. It's so impressive. The way he writes is so good. My desire to actually listen to this is very depends on my moody. So I'm not really like... Maybe around Halloween? No. It's not really that. It's For me, it's not seasonal. It's like sometimes I want to hear some fucking raging kill psychotic shit. I think it's also I'm like if you have a really that. terrible day and you want to like listen to something like really hardcore just to like. Or like, let's say like I was in a mood where I wanted to go write that maybe. or I had to put myself into that frame of mind. I would absolutely go put this on to put myself into a state of mind. And I really appreciate how good it is. It's just preferences, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, some people might hear what we have to say. Look at that fucking TV screen. Uh, did you give a grade? Yeah. Okay, then they might then go ahead and say, get out the game. Which game? Well, Bonnie, they're trying to get out the game. But which game? Well, like the, Monopoly, Scrabble? Which I, game, I would, the they, game would you like me to get out? Is slanging the cane. Mm. The, the cocaine. Oh, the cocaine. All right, how do you feel about this track? <laughs> Um, so it's basically that, like, ch- or him, like, chanting, like, over and over that he's got to get out of the game um, because of, like, all of, like, the, the drugs and everything that he's been involved with and selling them. And he finds it um, difficult to get a job, like, a legit job, be- job because he has a criminal record, which is something that I've asked before. And I think that that's kind of interesting that he's kind of answering that for me. Um, and, uh, you know, like, I feel like... I feel like he was inspired by, like, Ice Cube or something on this one. Just, like, the sound of it made me think of him. Um, And he's basically telling some, like, gangster stories of, like, the hood and, like, the ridiculous violence that happens and, like, the drug dealing and, like, the violence that happens um, over, like, people owing debts, you know, over drugs or whatever else or guns or, you know, whatever else that is illegally purchased. Um... And like, you know, they're saying like, like they don't fuck around. He doesn't fuck around. Um, they sell crack that cause you to like die in like the ghetto basically. And like they don't really have any remorse um, and like they don't want to stop. Like they're going to keep doing this. Um, it's catchy and annoying kind of all at the same time, this song. Um, and I really liked because uh, we have Dope E and he's on a few of the songs uh, on this album. And I liked his verse. I thought it was really good. Um, it was really interesting. It was hard. It's sort of like very clearly like underground rap. Um, but it's a, it's a good story and it's, um, it was well wrapped. I liked it. I gave it a 4.25. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely again in this gritty, grimy overall sound. Yeah. Um, I feel like every album Super Old School is recommending for us to do (laughs) at this point has had that grimy, gritty sound, like heavy precautions. It's not flossy. Um, it definitely wouldn't sell in today's market just due to the grittiness of it because people are a little bit too into the pop. Um, but man, there's uh, some gat sounds and shit that come on Dope E's second it's all, verse. It, like across like this album, there's a lot of the same gat sounds and it is a very like, it sounds a little bit cartoony. Yeah, I feel like cinematic is what I would say. Like, I Maybe. mean... Like, to me, it's like they're trying to reinforce the overall message and add these extra elements. And, like, 
I mean, it's one thing to just talk about gunshots. It's another thing to talk about gunshots. It needs a specific gunshot sound that works with the beat to really almost become an ad lib in a mm -hmm. sense. And I think it's really well done the way that they do it. But then you also you just got some great lyrics like taking no shit while I'm slanging gank me. They'll find your motherfucking little girl's throat hanging. I mean, that's that's a little bit like these guys are letting you know Very hardcore. they're going to cross the line. Most people have lim limits like, you know, oh, you won't be able to, I won't go for your kids. I don't remember which rapper it was, but somebody pointed out that like these limits are fucking stupid. You're willing to kill, but all of a sudden draw some arbitrary line at like killing a kid. Like what the fuck? You, you in the eyes of God or whoever, you're done. You already crossed the line. So why, what it is this weird morals and weird morals are just strange limits that will keep you from success in certain games where you have to cross lines. So if you got to cross the line, you better be going all in. So what I'm hearing is Gangsta Nip, I believe it was Gangsta Nip that said that, is willing to go all the way fucking in without remorse, which is what you need to be in this game. Mm -hmm. So when they're framing in the verses what being in the game is like, and not in a glorified way, in like a horror movie rap kind of way, this is how they see being in the game. It only makes sense that the chorus is just this almost well, I think that they desperate want... cry to get out of it. Yeah, they want to get out of the game, but they they just kind of don't know how, and like they've kind of already done all this terrible, all these terrible things, and now it's just kind of like, what's the point? Like they might as well just stay in it. Or like. I mean, Gangsta Nip's first verse starts with fuck getting out, my reputation is down. If my money ain't legit, your mama's heart get ripped out. You wanna gank me, but you ain't slick. Come short one rock, a oh man, find a fiend to die, bitch. You, you know, a fiend to die, whatever. So, you know, if you fuck him over, you're gonna die. You know, like, it's cold. He's, he's relentlessly cold. Now, it sounds pretty graphic, but the more I read books that CEOs and shit read, the more it sounds like he's an effective fucking corporate executive and he would do really, <laughs> really well with a corporate machine behind him. Because that level of ruthlessness is what backs the venture capitals, these firms that make the world go round. Just throwing it out there. But it's not, it's not aimless. There's one particular person at Gangsta Nip targets in many of the songs and we see it right over here. I ain't the one to be fucked with. Nine millimeter hollow point capping your ass bitch. That crooked cop. He must think that I'm soft. I might start by shooting up his motherfucking house. And I love the... Look, I can't say that I don't hate... I mean, I don't hate all police personally. But I can't deny the fact that there's systematic racism in the police force in my own city. Forget the states. I live in Canada. I live in Montreal, Quebec. And in my own neighborhood, they shot a black, like I think he was like 17, a black kid, almost execution style in the back of the head while he was on his knees in 2018, last summer. All I'm saying is that I could only imagine the disdain for the police officers in certain neighborhoods with certain demographic scenarios where you're absolutely gonna have cops extorting the fuck out of your situation i mean i know there's a lot of stories countless stories and hearing it in 92 and then hearing how people today still doubt shit it's like man rappers been rapping about this consistently this part of the story no matter what genre of hip-hop conscious street whatever this part never changes it's fucked up when you really like run data if you're any if you're into data at all the fact that all black rappers 
can basically have the same experience no matter who they are it's pretty fucked up i mean how over for 40 years like anyone yeah. wants to talk about how there's no documented evidence well then they don't really do metric analysis of hip-hop well that's a shame because i guess people are just anyway y'all probably have bigger frustrations than me on issues like this i'm just realizing how fucking twisted shit really gets to be sometimes yeah mostly because dudes like gangsta nip through brilliant satirical poetry in a very extreme way this is no different than what the fucking edgelords and shit like really it's edgy that's what it is mm -hmm. it's just edgelord shit like that's what it makes me think of but instead of being like cringy well it's horrorcore it's it is i mean it is what it is right like this is kind of what a lot of horrorcore is like it's very like yeah graphic grimy gruesome but it's cool i mean it's well written i mean it's shocking pretty much every you, he writes it in a way specifically more against the nib where every line you're almost just waiting to see what he's going to say next it doesn't necessarily have to be part of a story or a narrative it just all feels like that's the theme what gangsta nip shit can i say to this and then it spews out of his mouth and it's fucking dope yep anyway i do like how it just ends where on the end of uh, nips verse with 36 cops just died in south park like you know like that kind of shit is just strong like i like how they reinforce where they're from over and over again it's very squad oriented it's yep. very about the team but also about the reality that they're dealing with especially police corruption which is a thing anyway um i enjoyed the concept of this song a lot more i thought it was more interesting from that perspective but i don't know if i enjoyed the sound anymore and i'm gonna give this another 4.35 okay well, let's check out rough brothers from south park yep all i have to say is k reno sounds really old now having heard him <laughs> in his youth rapping um yep. no disrespect intended i was like is that is that really k reno and then there was a lot just a wee lad but it's like i mean i'm like okay i mean going through the verse it totally makes sense you can see the same kind of premise of rhyming that he has and it's very wordplay driven and it's really cool and i'm not hating i really enjoyed his verse it was just more i'm listening to the four piece which came out what like almost 20 something years later and your voice will change in that period of time is all i'm trying to say yeah um but yeah no it, it's really amazing to even hear that like it'll it makes me appreciate what i'm hearing of Carino now even more just to see how fucking cool he is on this project you know just goes out to the gangsta g attest to your crew because you're whack <laughs> it's funny right because he's the crazy one you know yep. you know let's see what happens handing it out ass weapons take one and pass him back when i catch you i'm gonna end my frustration give your shotgun my black asshole resuscitation and i'm like damn that's pretty like aggressive still hard it's not the same calm old man k reno teaching the whole world that i'm getting accustomed to this is fucking cool to see the different side of him radical rhymes beat a trick like a bat charles manson saw what i did and said damn why i <laughs> think, think of that, that. and then at that line and i hadn't heard the k reno line i was like that's definitely k reno and then it said k reno's first offense kind of like okay but with that charles Manson line i'm like man that does sound like a k reno bar as i've come to understand him i'm not a hugest fan yet but i will get through a lot of his albums i can't promise to do all of them he has a lot of albums <laughs> uh, we'll review a bunch of them i promise anyway then there's a little break and then 
you know, we get Dope E on verse two, and he's all right. He comes in and he follows through. Uh, point Blank is the third verse, and again, he just follows through, and it's like, it's really cool to hear the different voices, right? Because they all kind of... crew members. But they all have different tones in a way where the South Park Coalition collectively has almost a harmony to the way their voices blend together. And it really... Because Gangsta Nip is super distinct. And I feel like each one of the guys has a super distinct way that they use their voice. That Like, you knew it was fucking... Um, what's his name uh, Dope E in the second verse you didn't have to look you just knew it because you heard his voice and it's so distinct then Point Blank gets introduced he comes in then Gangsta Nip he just says some interesting shit and I believe it's him that said to me the most fucking noteworthy line in this song trisexual intercourse with a pigeon what? Uh, he, what does that mean? Like, cause, cause, um, uh, a taste of blood gave me a smidge and tried trisexual intercourse with a motherfucking pigeon. Sorry, that's the full line. So it's trisexual because bisexual would be with your same sender, but by adding an animal element, it's now trisexual. So he fucks a pigeon, mm. but a pigeon's also a flat-chested girl. So oh, it's okay. it's pretty creative. I, I thought it was a pretty creative line. I'm throwing it out there. I don't know. It's so weird. Everyone else is like rough and tough and they're all whatever. And then Gangsta Nip just fucking turns it up a whole notch. Because I yep. kill the best. I was born in a dead fish head in my brother's chest. Don't come talking that pig shit. Because if you rip out and get your motherfucking wind split, Triple Six, who I believe is the beat maker, was born with ten legs. He only uses two because the other eight is dead. I wouldn't stop chopping till only Troy. And then and you're just like, I like listening to him talk. I just <laughs> like hearing his imagination flow. Again, I don't know if I could listen to this every day, but and I appreciate like just his the overall creativity and shit. Like I really, really do. And this one had that in the beat, which I felt like softened it a bit for me and made me like it more. Cause I like the grittiness, but not as much as some other people might like the grittiness. I do like me some good, clean, melodic shit. So I thought that was really cool, the way that kept phasing in and out of the beat, adding a much more enjoyable um, element for it for me. And I get it's a 4.5. Like, as far as posse cuts go, I think the South Park Coalition really put together a solid squad of distinction as opposed to others where it's almost like, bro shows up, bro bounces out, and you're like, ah, I, I don't think he counted enough to remember his name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is what it is. It was like a, a posse cut kind of. Um, it sounds creepy right away. Um, for me, like that, like, th- that, like, do-do-do-do-do sound that, that you were thinking of, like, it made me think of, like, Unsolved Mysteries. So it made me think of, like, an even more creepy, like, show. Everybody knows how creepy that was. Um, <laughs> like, they're very violent, and they represent, like, their hometown and where they're from. Um, and then we have, like, Kay Reno, and he's, like, saying that he's basically one of, like, the hardest guys in town. Like, he's super gangster, and, like, he knows what's up. And then um, Point Blank, I found, was, like, not... Like, he wasn't ne- necessarily exceptional. Like, he wasn't my favorite. Um, he's crazy, but, like, he wasn't my favorite. Um, and, like, 
in terms of like how good or not um, Gangsta K is, uh, gang, Gangsta K, uh, Gangsta Nip is, um, it, I'm not really sure. He just sounds like super cr- like scary, which I suppose is like what he's going for rather than like like that. He's just kind of using his his like niche, I guess. His niche market is to be like super scary. And I don't really know like how good of a rapper he is yet just because it's well, just trying to. I would like to like comment on that. Even at this point on the album, I think that they're pretty exceptional, elite, good rappers. No, yeah. no, no. I mean, as far as just rapping goes, the the flows are really on point. Like, they're really rhythmically challenging, too. Like, it's a little chaotic. Like, he's not... Like, he's a guy who understands the rules enough to break them. Like, they don't mm-hmm. have to be on beat. They're, like, can be a little bit crazy with it. And as much as, like... I think you're right. It sounds kind of crazed out, but like it's only on this song. Like I'm talking about, in like in particular, like I'm not saying that he's like a bad rapper or anything. Like it's just that like what stands out more to me is like not necessarily his skill as a rapper, but like just how scary he sounds. But I think that's like part of it. The fact that he can no, be, of course that is part like, of it for sure. The fact that he could be because he's very he enunciates very clearly. You know every word that he says, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily the simplest thing to do when you're fucking screaming and shit. He's also on beat. He's also rhyming. It's also just fucked up, like a fucked up rhythm. It's not like a regular one. And I think it's kind of pretty impressive. And I think they all are actually really technically proficient, which is really cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, it's good. Like, it's not bad. Um. For me, like, it did feel a little bit long. Um, and like there was like some scratching at the end, which I really just did not care for. And I usually like like scratching. I like you know like the mixing and everything, but it was just like not good and not not for me. But it's still a good song. I gave it a four on five. All right, the next one is a tale of how Gangsta Nip is the Black Godfather. Okay. Hey yo. <laughs> hey yo. That was that was the thing it's that the stood beat. out the absolute most to me is that AO throughout the whole beat. I'm not the hugest fan of stuff like that, but it was okay. It worked, I think, yeah. for this song. But how do you feel about this one? Um, I thought it sounded cool. I I liked the whole sound. I liked the beat uh, to this one. It definitely like had um a more like friendly sounding beat, I guess. Um, and he's kind of starts off saying like he's like been involved um, in gangster shit for like a really long time and he's seen a lot of stuff and he's seen a lot of like violence and like he's kind of saying that he's the black godfather so don't fuck with him and he talks about the FBI being after him and like all this trouble that he's in Um, but he makes a lot of money like every day and he has all these people who are working under him and for him uh, just kind of doing like his like bidding and like the stuff that he doesn't necessarily want to do like maybe like the drug running or whatever else or shooting certain people whatever and he's on top he's very powerful um and he says that he's come from nothing and uh he's kind of like made it and he's you know he's got a lot of money right now and he's done a lot of bad things but at least he's got money so it's maybe not necessarily like the best way of thinking like you know money doesn't equal happiness i'll just say that um and he talks about like how he always has his gun on him and um you know just because it's it's a violent world and how he's like anticipating teaching his kid um or his son um like the the rules to like the like the dope game and like sell it you know being in like a gangster and everything else and um so for him he thinks that it's um 
like this is like the only way for like his kid to make money like it's only it's the only way for like a black kid to make money in the future and I don't know like I I would think that you would want like your kid to be better off than you know you were and so you would want them to do better and like to you know make different money but like I mean I guess like if you're the best in the game why wouldn't you want to pass it down to your son I guess um so it was good I think he's a little bit stupid but um <laughs> that's just my opinion I, I think his rhymes was fine I gave this a 4.25 I, I mean overall I liked it well, I mean just to comment on what you just said there why would they wish an unrealistic false dream on their kids you know like I mean, you got to keep in mind, this no, is 92. He's also saying that he's he can't get, like, a legit job because of his criminal record. And so... But then, like, there's the like, other... Wouldn't you want, like, your kid to not get a criminal record? Or, like... I mean, for sure. But if, let's say, the choices for your child are try to go the clean route and there's a, like, 2% chance of success or try to go the dirty route and there's a 10% chance of success. Like, yeah. I mean, this is really just a matter of perspective. I don't know anything about South Park in the early 90s. Same. For all you know, there is no opportunity. Like, there's zero, for all you know, because this is what Clinton era is about to happen. Like, this isn't really the best time to be black in America in the poorer parts of town, is all I'm trying to say. And, you know... So I don't know if I fully agree that it's stupid because well, I, think I think the the point is in a more satirical think about it from a South Park Matt Stone and Trey Parker point of view um, that it's it's so ludicrous that this is the better option. So it's not that he wants that. No, I don't think he's a serious person and that anything that his character that but sounds I think extreme that's the same is putting thing, out. Because I think that anybody that's like a godfather, even like, you know, in the Italian family or whatever, like it's like you don't necessarily want your kid, you know, being like a gangster or whatever in like but, an Italian gangster. But, but like if it's part hand, of the fam family, familia. If you really want to talk about like how the, the Italians thing, operated, they did want their kids to take over because yeah, that's what I'm saying. the goal is always to legitimize. So it's not to stay in crime. It's I mean, Montreal, without going into a lot of detail, our Italians no longer have to worry about some of the more street side because they own illegal construction and get city jobs and shit. So I'm pretty sure those same Italians who are running shit illegally are quite content with their kids taking over this empire they've built, even if it might not be the... Even if there's some shadiness, that still might happen. Yeah, like I'm I saying, get it. it's all perspective. What is the best life for your kid based on what's available to you? From Montreal, I mean, most of us in most circumstances, even in the poorer neighborhoods, have real opportunities here. So as long as you're willing to speak French, you're good. <laughs> but I mean, on this song, there's just some, to me, it's some really cool, uh, more of the storytelling, narrative building side of him. Like how verse two starts with, because verse one, he establishes he's the godfather, he's the best, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. But verse two, it really struck me. The FBI wants my head so they watch me. But my money's still coming, Madam Hose can't stop me. Ain't down with me, you get one chance. One chance only, you snitch. Call the motherfucking ambulance. So here, it's almost like saying the FBI wants me, and the only way they're going to get me in reality is a snitch. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be a snitch, here's your fucking warning. Well, you know what happened to the last person snitching? They found his wife's head cut off laying in the kitchen. His son was found dead with a cut up face. And then Dopey chimes in. What about his little girl? Gangsta Nip comes back with she got smothered smothered in a suitcase. Another hit, somebody's ganking my shit. Break out the nine shoot till the motherfucking head split. So 
He's kind of painting himself yep. out as this ruthless fucking killer that will do whatever needs to be done because he's the black godfather. And this is how it works to get that reputation, to be feared, to be respected. He's willing to go that fucking hard, you know? Mm-hmm. 80 grand a fucking day. I'm clocking 20 grand on a motherfucking bad day. That's doing pretty good. I don't know if it's legit numbers, but it's doing pretty good. Um, I don't know. And then I really like when the verse three has, they say I'm destined for help. So what? I got money in my pockets, bitch. I don't give a fuck. You can say what you want to say, but if I pull out my gun, please don't shoot is what you're going to say. And that's an interesting line to me because I think it does comment maybe on what you were saying a bit earlier in terms of perceptions, right? If you've already had to cross the line and you're already destined for hell because you've already had to do despicable things, but you're rich and can at least have some kind of security and pleasure in this life. Well, that's maybe a perspective that you would have if you've already had to cross that line. So when somebody judges you or whatever, it's like you don't care. You don't, you don't have to listen to what they have to say because they can't understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what you do know is that when someone pulls out a fucking gun, this is their reaction to you. Yeah. So it's a matter of saying your world makes all sorts of total sense. This is the reality of my fucking world. And I think the creativity it puts in is amazing also like how he goes you host uh, steady talking that shit you can't get the police because they on my payroll bitch a crazy ass dope man rolled him with scarface who i believe is the rapper in this case uh the terrorist and peter man people say i shouldn't have said this they'll find their family shot up in their living rooms headless and again i find like his willingness to bring in women and children families to be aggressive it really stands out to me as ruthless and it's almost like on a grander sense of the hip-hop debate, which is more relevant when we talk about a certain town that sounds like I could have named it, wink, wink, Um, you know that maybe Houston isn't being taken seriously in the hip-hop game at this point. And we know how politicized hip-hop is and cities, whatever, and it took a while for, like, maybe southern places to be taken any kind of serious. Mm -hmm. So... To prove you're harder than everybody else, I guess one of the only things you can do is be more extreme and real with your lyrics than anybody else. And I think that driven by a sense of trying to put their town on the map, you get this like overcharged, over-the-top shit because you kind of have to be more crazy almost than their next squad, which I think is super fascinating. I would love to learn more about the geopolitics of early 90s hip-hop and how the different cities struggled to get clapped. Anyway... This song is fucking cool. Um, I gave it a 4.5. I love the super pulsy drum production. I love the overall feel of this song. Okay. Well, let's carry on and see just how psycho he can be. This is my, absolutely my favorite beat so far on the album. It just has this cool, smooth, like... like It's like we've left the realm of everything else we've heard, and it's a brand new style of beat being slipped into this album. A more... Yeah radio friendly beat i would say so it appeals to me much more than the other ones on a production front and then he just kicks it up with the same kind of aggression and proving he's a psycho so a lot of the same commentary that could be made about him on other songs in terms of being extreme and shit could absolutely be made here but what do you think about this song um 
I mean, it's it's all right. I mean, he he obviously doesn't care if you don't like him. He kind of starts off and he he talks about that he commits crime basically for shits and giggles, and he just does this for fun. And all of his behavior is just because he's psycho and everything else. Um, and I you know some I have some lines here to read. Um, I'm mentally psycho, insane with a triple six, six hundred dead cats. Cat head screaming in a crucifix. Yo, I'll be damned if I don't get no respect. Drunk a pint of goat's blood. Then I died in a squirrel's nest. So that's really weird. And he's basically describing a lot of killing and criminal activity. Um, he butchers a lot of animals there. And there's a lot of animals being killed. And 600 de- dead cats. Like, that's that's probably a lot of cats. Um, well, you know, to kill at once. 600. Yeah. It's, it's quite it's a, a lot. It's a pretty set number. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you didn't like that one, did you? No. Bonnie's a big cat person. Don't kill cats. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's basically just like describing like all like the mayhem that he gets up to, and I like the beat on this one. I thought it was good. Um, and he just basically just goes on and on about how crazy and how hard he is. Um, Graveside in my bed only when I get mad. Arms and legs in my closet. Heads and throats in my trash bag. Talking that shit, you'll get beat with some switches. Blew up a convalescent center because I hate old bitches. So, <laughs> like, well, just I thought he loved old bitches because he talks about, like, sleeping with older ladies. But I guess he doesn't. Well, maybe he likes to fornicate in the old folks' home, lay some bombs, and then blow it up. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what happened there, but he blew up uh, an old folks' home, basically. Uh, so, it's good. It's horrorcore rap. It works for, like, what it is. Um... I mean, he, he he probably shouldn't be rapping about, like, all these crimes and stuff that he's committing if, like, the FBI really is after him, just saying. Um, but it was good. It was entertaining. It's shocking. It does what it does. It's a 4.25. Well, Bonnie, allow me to quote the great gangsta nip at you. What? If you don't like the way he raps, tough shit, Bonnie. You. Wow. Anyway. Rude, sir. No, but, like, <laughs> I don't think he's committing all these crimes. I think no, this no, no, is, no. Of course not. I don't think he's killing 600 cats. I don't. I think it's. But just to the point, I think that, A, he should be allowed to write this because it's. It's, it's just the same as anybody writing, like, a, a horror book or a horror, like, movie or plot or, like. Only with hella wit and some fucking ridiculous imagination. Um, like. I'm strapped with a Uzi, so get ready to die. Catch a person while he's sleeping and strike a match in his eye. Like, that's pretty brutal. He'll sneak into your house and kill your ass for fun. Check to see if you're still sleeping. Burn a hole in your tongue. Yeah, I thought that was weird. It's not that it's weird. It's just sadistic. If you're supposed to be a psycho, right, killing you isn't enough. It's how's he going to torture you. It's what is the shocking way he can get into your mind and prove how psychotic he is. Stuff like bloody bodies and caskets. The measures are drastic. Dead babies in my house suffocated by plastic. Think you can beat me? You got to be joking, ho. Through a break in Houston, Texas, broke a window in Tokyo. Do you realize how strong this man is? He picked up a brick in Houston, Texas. Now, Texas is very large. I understand that. So he threw it so far that it left very large Texas, flew across the Atlantic Ocean. I'm mm. assuming it went in that direction. Yeah. Flew over the Middle East, flew over everything, landed in fucking Tokyo. Wait, 
Why, why wouldn't he go up the other way? Doesn't that make a lot more sense? I think the Pacific Ocean is might actually still be bigger because of where Texas is. But if, he, if he's in Texas and he shoots it from there and he goes over the Pacific, it's going to go straight to, like, Japan. Yeah. He just goes... But maybe. I don't know. I think that makes a lot more sense. I think either direction can work, okay? Nah. Either direction. Nah, it's about the other crazy. end of the world. Still, it's very <laughs> allegorical in a sense, or it's very, like, fantastical. I mean, I would like to say that this is obviously just like horror. It's just meant to be like a movie. People are stupid, so nothing in life is obvious, but it's obvious to me. But I also think he primes shit really well. Like, if you think my rap isn't cool, well, fuck you. It's not yep. for you. And that's fair. Um, I really appreciated this song in terms of what it is. I feel like the more you go into it, the more you just get really fucking fun lines like mercenary plus a ninja, rifleman in a courtroom, throats on a kite, got intentions to fight. I'm like, I don't 100% know what the fuck that even means. So I get that he's a mercenary and a ninja. So he's a ninja mercenary. That part makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But when he's in a courtroom, he's got a rifleman. But he's also a ninja. So I now picture him as a ninja with a gun in a courtroom ready to cap somebody. Throats on a kite now makes me picture he strung somebody up and like by the neck and like launched a kite. But we were just in a courtroom. So it's hard for me to follow all of these guys. Yeah, some, sometimes it's not quite connected. And then... What I really liked about him as well, he might kill cats and shit. He does care about the dogs because there are body bags in the street from the people he's killed. And now the dogs have something enjoyable to eat, some good meat and shit. And it disposes of the DNA evidence, making him not just a psycho, but fucking smart. All right. Um, I'm not being sarcastic here. That's actually a brilliant thing. I mean, pigs were used by the Chinese back in the West and shit, if I'm not mistaken. According to Westwood. That's no, what there happened. was like uh, murders that happened, like the, the native people or something. It was what, in the 70s or the 80s? And there was a guy and he fed everybody to like the pigs or the 90s even. Yeah, because they eat everything. Anyway, I think the chorus is fine. It just rolls on through. It's a it's a cool, like, to me, this is, like, more of, like, I'm more enjoying this from, like, the historical perspective than the replayability of it for my preferences. But I think this one blew me away. In terms of just creativity, like, it's, I feel like people make pretentious statements. Like, I'm a psycho. Oh, I'm crazy. I'm <laughs> fucked in the head. I got visions of killing you, dog. You're going to be dead. Okay, let's put some weak-ass psycho shit. Gangsta Nip, on the other hand, is backing up the claim. Yeah, he seems and a so, little bit more psycho than, like, usual. But, and I appreciate that, because if you're going to call yourself a psycho, don't be like Tech 9 and not be psychotic. Uh, be like yeah. Gangsta Nip and be a proper psycho. And you know why? You know why, Bonnie? Because actions speak louder than words? Yes. Hmm. This song seems to appear on more than one album. It's okay. definitely on this album, which came out earlier in 1992. But then according to Genius, and this fucked me up for a second, it's also on the Ghetto Boys' album, um, sorry, it's uh, Uncut Dope. And it makes sense because it's kind of like the Ghetto Boys featuring Seagram and Gangsta Nip, or depending on how you want to look at it, mm-hmm. Gangsta Nip featuring the Ghetto Boys and Seagram. Yeah. Either way, um, that is where we were at. From what I can tell, this is the one that came first, just based on album release dates. Okay. But I don't know 
if this is a ghetto boy song if it's a gangsta nip song because this has happened in recent tour music history with that twisted kanye west jamie fox song slow jams that came on both kanye west's college dropout and uh twisted's kamikaze album so it could be just a move like that i don't know y'all can let us know in the comments people who know more than us you're people the from best houston from h-town that's what's up um also, Houston has an excellent music scene. May I say that being a reviewer at this point, Houston has one of the more literary scenes that I don't feel gets brought up enough in the good writers portion of it. Because I feel like people just group them into a lot of the simpler sounds that come out of the South and Houston and shit. But fuck, there's a lot of good writing out there. I just want to give it that credit. Yeah. How do you feel about this one i mean obviously you have scarface's verse but i'll let you tell it <laughs> um i don't know i mean it's fine so there's like a, a phone call at the beginning and it's two um two black records um i can't remember who it was that's actually calling um but he's calling and like basically criticizing their choice of like who they support i think um and like the beat is really nice to this one i liked it it reminded me of something else but i couldn't put my finger on quite what it was um, he kind of says that he can't wait to die, and he's... Which he? Yeah, he talks about. Which, which he? There's lots of he's on this song. Scarface oh. is the oh, first he. Oh, I didn't he. write it down. Gangsta Nip is the second he. Mm. Well, one of the he's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, is saying that um, if you try anything with him, that he's not afraid to kill you. Oh, I think it was maybe Scarface. It might have been. Okay. Um, Willie D comes in and he spits like really fast. Um, and then he basically is like yelling a bunch of his verse. He's quite loud um, and he's really gangster and he's really like, you know, he's here to prove it with his actions. Um, and I guess like alluding to like the gunshots and everything else. So these are just like very long verses. Um, and I think like Seagram is basically saying that he's doing like the, you know, like the devil's work and like he's really like influenced by like the devil and everything else because he's so bad and he's so hard um and like i don't know i thought it was good it, it's like a six minute song so it is kind of long but um i thought like the beat was good um the raps were fine and like they were all pretty like gangster and everything else but it did feel a little bit dragged out and a little bit long just because it is on the longer end um so i give it a four on five fair enough um so let's talk about Gangsta Nip with an X versus a K. So thankfully I fact-checked this, but I was convinced they were two separate people. And part of that has to do with the fact that when you click on Gangsta Nip with an X, you end up uh, going to a wholly separate uh, Spotify page or the wholly separate artist thing. And this is something where I just didn't know, like, is he, is he credited with an X on this song? Is that something that like changed along the way? Like I just didn't know. But then I thought about it and I realized that any albums where you put Gangsta Nip with an X on it have to be published under Gangsta Nip with an X or a Spotify and then won't publish it. And anyone that he did with a K has to have a K. So unfortunately, um, since his cover art, It was, arts, you know, the early 90s. They didn't know what the future rules were going to be. Yeah, for, uh, so the rules are that any text that appears on your album has to match uh what the album title and uh words are so even shit like it has to be so abundantly clear 
I don't know. They're really stringent with it. Like, there is no leeway. Like, having a 5-1-4, it's too much for them. Uh, so that answered my question. But I really enjoyed Scarface's verse, just from the jump, man. He's faster paced than I think he was when we listened to the diary. Roll him up and I smoke him. Tried to break him. Tried to break, so I broke him. Busted his ass in the head. That's when I grabbed him and choked him. I'm on a revenge, a psychopath, the master of wrecking shit. I'm like, damn. He works really, really fucking good with what Gangsta Nip is doing. That psychotic, gangsta, crazy shit. I really am enjoying it. He goes on the whole way through. His voice is magnificent. Scarface is probably one of the best voices I've heard in hip-hop in terms of he could say anything and it sounds good just because he's fucking got such a cool way of talking through his rhyming. I don't know. Um, he just pulls it on through and I found this verse was pretty enjoyable. Um, me get caught in a cross, that's absurd. Your head is a tennis ball and I'm about to serve. You know, he's pretty fucking crazy with it. Then you get this really airy, almost pop and nice chorus. Actions speak louder than words. And I'm like, that was weird. I don't know if I like how the chorus fits this song. I feel like it's almost happy compared to everything else. Yeah. Gangsta Nip comes in and yells and does his shit, and it's proper. I really enjoy it. Um, I love the theatrics on shit like Step in My Face. I'll commence the hidden pop, pop, pop. The 9 milli ain't bullshitting. The fact that they actually use gunshots and shit to emphasize it, keep the space in the, the rhyming just to give it the chance to let it breathe there. It's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking enjoyable. Insane is, or sorry, something else to, to point out is that even in the midst of this, there's a matter of anti-police brutality, like protesty shit with, I kill for a quarter, lyrics deep as the water. To justify that, peace to Rodney King. I got the ass in the slaughter. So he is crazy because he's killing the cops that beat down Rodney King. Yeah. To show that it's not... It's only fair, right? But it's not just shallow shit. There's a reason for the rage. And I think it's something that a lot of people will overlook. And it's very sad. Um... Willie D, I shock him and clop him, I shock him and clock him and pop him and drop him and flop him and then I mop him. Woof! It's crazy. Every single time. It's so fun. And they motherfucking tracks is where I stop them. Unless you down uh, with a bloody nose, save the cussing and fussing and pointing fingers for them hoes. Uh, it's just good, man. So unless you got a bloody nose because somebody socked you on, shut your fucking mouth or you're going to get socked in the face. Yep. Uh, talk is cheap. I catch your ass on the sneak and hit you everywhere but under your feet. So you're going to get beat the fuck down. Goes on through. Um, I do this more shots because actions speak louder than words. Has to be the strongest end of a verse on the entire song. Then the chorus comes in again. Seagram's fine. He's totally my least favorite of them all. But he does have a, a sort of almost this cool end part with action spizik's lizauder the lizan wizards i like that it yeah. was enjoyable um i gave this on 4.35 that hook and the beat are not my favorite but the verses are some of the best on the album in my opinion so there's that juxtaposition um i don't know did you give your grade i can't remember yeah so why don't we talk about some pimping with the gangsta mac okay all right so yes, the cat decided to break into the room. So since she broke in, she's going to be on camera for a second. She wanted to interrupt <laughs> us. She has to come be part of it. I'm going to put her down now. Um, <clears throat> she does not like me as much as she likes her. 
So this this cat, sorry, not this cat. <laughs> this song, well, it's about pimping. Yep. It's basically take what he's done on all of the other songs stylistically, which is cool, but now he's a pimp. So Gangsta Mac, add more bank to the stack. Girl step out, broke, but give me three or four. Started at 18, making a kill out of 25 grand. I might kick her a dollar bill. So the girls is broke. They go out. They fornicate with the dudes for money. And after he gets about 25 grand, she can now have a dollar. So he's that kind of pimp. He's the kind of pimp. All for him and none for her. That will smack a girl around and make sure she knows who's boss and shit. And he tells us this. I'm not even fucking exaggerating. Um... I don't know. This one was fine. The chorus was keep counting the stacks, keep counting the stacks, keep counting the stacks, because I'm a gangster. I don't really like it that much. It was a bit of a snooze fest on the chorus. The beat's all right. Um, lyrically, it's like, I feel like he was not trying as hard. Like, I feel like he went, yeah. s- maybe it's because he was going slower, like he was trying to be more of a pimp on this one. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But there's some interesting shit. Like, I feel like um, my bitches play every corner chilling. I get banged from all of them because they pussy makes a kill and willing to sacrifice for your life. I'm nice to all my hoes. Ask my motherfucking wife. I get paid when she get paid. And then Dopey says, what if I take the pussy? Motherfucker get sprayed. Gangsta nip. I'm never alone. Call your girl from the job. I better her at. She better answer the phone. It's basically just that kind of shit until it's done. That that's just it. And then you're you're over. And I mean, on the one hand, I believe he makes a great psycho. Somehow him being a psycho pimp is just harder for me to get behind. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just pick one profession. Like he doesn't come <laughs> off like too short does when he's talking about pimping. He he just kind of whatever. And then in the middle, something told me not to throw that hand grenade at that cop. Come quick, your ass better run. I'm having a sale on bitches, too, for the price of one. See, I'm a pimp. Hoes better please me. Always remember that pimping ain't easy. It, yep. You know what it is? Is This is the one that felt the most generic of everything I've heard on the album. Yeah. Like, it I was feel like, like... It was like your basic horror. Like, it was... I don't know. And it wasn't... I don't know. Uh, maybe he's a pioneer of pimping lyrics or some shit like that. But whereas with all of the crazy psycho shit, I'm really buying it. This one was just a little mm-hmm. bit harder to swallow. I don't think it was bad. I just like it literally ends with a yo mama joke. It, like it's just it's that level of what it is. I don't know. Um, he pimps little sisters who are in high school. He he's not. I don't know. It just felt weird. Four point yep. one. I, I'm not. I'm not judging him. I understand the music he's making. This is all shit that probably happens, and he's commentating on it. Yeah. And it's not necessarily supposed to be comfortable. I just think his creativity was a little less interesting on this subject than it's been on previous subjects he's had on the album. So four point one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is the gangsta Mac, and it has like the K in it. Um, it sounds funky. It, he obviously, you know, he talks about having all these ladies, um, and he talks about also having like bloody, cut up body parts in like his garbage bags all around. Um, and he, you know, he brags that he can get any girl that he wants, and like if any guy gets in his way, that he'll kill him. 
and doesn't like answer to like any any woman or any lady and will slap them if they like talk back or he'll, he'll hurt them and he's like a pimp and whatever else and w- women are just there to like please him and he'll even like have sex with your mom and he just kind of goes on to like you know obviously do like, these kind of extreme type things and he doesn't even care he makes so much money you know pimping and selling drugs and um i don't know i mean it's all right it's it's not a bad song i just don't think that like like i understand it was you know 1992 or whatever 1991 when he wrote this but i really don't feel like a lot of the sexism would pass today like if somebody you know made a song like this i feel like they would get like a lot more like shit um i guess like on them before, you know if they made something like this nowadays rather than us just kind of looking at it as i really i really the only 90, line 92? that the only line i think he'd really really get clipped on is pimping teenage girls that would get him clipped the rest of it uh, i could see passing i mean it passes but it, it is kind of like eh, it's, it's iffy but you know i'll, I'll like the really like the really feminists would probably get upset with this. Yeah, but, anyways, but they, they get mad at everything. Yeah, I guess. Uh, anyways, I gave it a four on five. It was okay. That's fine. It sounds like Bonnie's been smoking some amp. Oh, no. I know I've been particularly verbose amongst these songs, and we've been really taking our time going through it, but that's because Smoking Amp is the last song that has the lyrics available on the internet, allowing us to really go in deep on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not to say that you can't, but... You hear a song six, seven times, and as much as you want to remember it at a line-by-line level when you're talking about it hours later during a review, you just can't. So that's why the <laughs> lyrics online make our reviews better. Um, amp, as I could tell, is weed laced with X. It said narcotic. It didn't tell me specifically what. Okay, I just thought it was amphetamines. It sounds like PCP based on what the fuck they're rhyming about, but it could also be some kind of amphetamine. Um, it just, it just to me sounds like they smoke a bunch of PCP and then go on a fucking psychotic ride. Because they get amped up, right? You know, they get like all energized. Yeah. And so it starts off with nip, yo, triple six, pass the motherfucking amp. And then everybody want to get fucked up too. He's like, hold up, man. I haven't had a hit the motherfucker good yet. Anyway, then they get high. So then uh, the story kicks off, starts off in my house smoking amp feeding for blood like a motherfucking vamp that's cool so he gets high and then it makes him violent and wants to go fucking fight and shit you know mm-hmm. kept hitting and now my brain's on fire felt like stuffing motherfuckers in a dryer so i take my last puff then i shot my mother uh then i shot my motherfucking next door neighbor for good luck so literally it just sounds like he's cranked out on some shit he's done impulse oh you're there it kind of reminds me of the song Night of the Chainsaw from the Insane Clown Posse, which came out kind of recently, so definitely not before this, but <laughs> it just kind of reminded me of the impact, because that, in that song, they just get fucked up on drugs, kills a bunch of people thinking they're zombies, and it's just like regular civilians when he sobers up on the news and shit. Yep. He runs on through, and it's just like completely like just every line is just like, oh, I turned over there and I saw something. Like I wasn't through. He said I was soft. Flashbacks from walking town cut his motherfucking legs off. Jumped in the ride, then I fired up another square. So he's getting higher. Slowed down. Token had me pulling out my fucking hair. Stopped at the store to get a forty. Something in there said it's time to get naughty. I got pissed and took me a beer. Down at the cashier. So it's like. That's the song. He just goes crazy and he goes on his rampage and he kills a cop or two and, you know, runs on and 
it's it's typical shit um and then we get to the end um and uh i kept hitting and i kept getting mean shot every motherfucker i saw under 13 there got the cops it's time for death loaded up the 12 gauge and i killed myself fuck and then you kind of hear the little outro bit as they're talking about how the amp is making him feel like it's so crazy he's got to kill himself and then it's almost like well you know what i just am and he literally shoots himself and that's how the fucking song ends mm-hmm. um i thought this was pretty creative definitely more interesting than him pimping i yes. i think i think yes, he does it's just i think he does violence and gore like a slasher Much better film. than the pimping thing like just a lot more interesting to me like it doesn't i don't know maybe he was a pimp maybe he was a good pimp stick with what you're good at maybe he was i'm not saying that i'm saying that he's much better with the violence from my perception um, I thought this was really creative, but fundamentally just a, like an, it was just an, it was a 4.2 level of good. So I think his creativity and his rap skills are on point. I think the production is, again, in this gritty era of not fully my favorite. And I think the song really works for what he's trying to do. But the, the just them getting high in the little skits, I don't know, it wasn't my favorite. Overall, I like the concept of what it is and like reading the lyrics on paper more than the actual experience of maybe listening to it, but admire the talent and creativity in it. So that's why I give it a 4.2. Okay. Um, So yeah, kind of like you said, um, they're smoking amp at the beginning and they're getting like all like energized and like ready for like some like attack that they're about to to do. Um, And he's basically like running around town, shooting whoever he wants. Destroying everyone, doesn't care. Um, you know, clearly he has some anger management issues. Um, and he's just, like, killing everyone. And then, like, at the end, like, the cops are after him. And um, he doesn't want the cops to get him, so he, he kills himself. And because he expresses this, people are kind of concerned at the end, it seems like. There's, like, kind of, like, the skit and people are reacting to him, like, killing himself. And they're like, whoa. Um which I appreciate, but then I think he just gets annoyed with them and he kills them all too. Um, <laughs> so I think that, I don't know, I like this one. It seemed a little bit like realistic, like, you know, this is something that could happen. This is kind of, you know, you would watch like, get like a, you know, a movie about this kind of thing. Like this makes me think of like Basketball Diaries or something like that where, you, you know, the kids were getting like all hyped up and then causing some shit, like just because. Um so it seemed realistic in that sense. And it was an interesting story. So I gave this a 4.25. That's fair. Um, the next one, again, the lyrics are gone. And I that's just fucking disgusting. Yeah. This one starts off showing a guy who has good sex. So he stretches open the booty hole because that's what he needs. And he's pounding that shit. And he, he's, you know what? If he wants to say he has some nasty sex going on, I fucking believe Gangsta Nip. Most guys sound like they have boring sex. Gangsta Nip sounds like he has interesting sex. Anyway, so he's smashing that ass and he jizzes. And then um, immediately after telling her how much he loves her and how great is he's coming, he's like, yeah, get the fuck out of my car. And that's how the song starts. Um, fucks it in. He's like, I don't care if you're naked or whatever. What? I was lying. Fuck you. You know? Um, so he starts off with that coming shit. Um, then he ends up like... It's just in the vein of what we've come to see from Gangsta Nip, it's this time the subject is how disgusting from a sex point of view can I be? Yeah. Um, as an example, he fucking somebody undercover on the bus, which just sounds awesome. Like, I wish you could easily get away with fucking on the bus. Just saying. 
Um, while two old ladies in his line of vision are diddling each other. By diddling, that's what I'm using, not his language. But they're fingering or pleasuring each other. So he's fucking on the bus while two gr- grannies are getting each other on, you know? I feel like it's just such a crazy bus ride. He also proceeds to, at some point, nut into a cup to replace a vanilla milkshake because it's white and creamy and the girl will enjoy it with it. It's got some protein, so it might even have more health value than actually a vanilla shake. So it's very courteous and kind of him <laughs> to care about our health like that. Oh, I, yeah. I support, so kind. I support this level of protein shake is what I'm trying to say. No. Um, another fun one is I don't give a fuck if you 88. I don't fuck to 93-year-olds. Respect, my man. Too many. After watching Grace and Frankie, it just showed me that maybe 70-year-old women are worth fucking. I'm not saying I want to, but it makes me feel like when I'm old, the sex will still be good. So, man, if the 88-year-old gave you dome, no judging. Do your thing. That's all good. I'm open-minded like that. But then he said this. Any chick from 14 and up, if your pussy can handle me, I'm fucking you. So I got real curious and I googled the statutory laws. Because here's the thing. In Quebec, in 92, that was legal. He could fuck a 14-year-old and it's all good in the hood. Mm -hmm. Celine Dion is a good example of an older dude doing that. So where I come from, it's not that disgusting I mean, maybe it is. That's not what I'm trying to imply. I think it also depends on the age range. Like a 14-year-old and a 14-year-old, that's, I mean, that's no, no, like one I mean, thing, but... the age of consent in Quebec at that time was a 14-year-old could fuck a 60-year-old man and it's legal. There's, there was no yeah. real, like, conditions. They revamped that law in uh, June or July of 2006. So that means I was already 18 at that point where they changed this law. My most, like, half my life... 14-year-olds could fuck old men and it was all good. But in Houston, it is disgusting, I guess, because the law was 17 currently, and I believe it was 16 at the time, but maybe 17. However, they have a no, like, grace period law. So, like, apparently um, it's possible for two 16-year-olds to sue each other for statutory rape. Oh, weird. And if you're 17 and fuck a 16-year-old, it's real bad if they get caught. Like, that sounds fucking weird. My, uh, Canada has some grace period shit. We currently, uh, it's a 16. So a 16-year-old girl can fuck a 40-year-old man as long as the 40-year-old man has no power over her. And that's the current frame of rules and then some other conditions for even younger ages. This is all out there. I do not know why people are not aware of age of consent laws. Anyway, so he's going to do that. That was pretty graphic. I did enjoy when he said later on in the song, she sucked my dick while being eaten by roaches and rats, met a freak who wouldn't fuck because she said she wouldn't something something, should have seen what she did to the pit bull. I'm like, fuck, eh? That's a thing. That's a real thing. Don't Google it because you'll find it and it's a real fucking thing. And I'm not even talking to porn. There's chicks on YouTube just talking about it and it's a thing. It's fucking weird. I don't care what you want to do to another human. Somehow when you bring animals into it, it just really bothers me at that point. I'm pretty okay with human-on-human shit. I'm not... not, Consensual human-on-human shit. I'm I'm not really into old dudes fucking 14-year-olds either, so... I'm not trying to condone (laughs) that kind of shit either. But man, it was really when he said the pit bull thing that I felt it. That's when he got me with disgust. Um, I also liked... 
what he's and this is not an exact quote, but fucking you on your period won't let that shit go to waste. Scooped it up in his hand and rubbed it on her face. I enjoyed that line. I could see how if I ever tried that, it might end my sex life. So I won't ever try that. <laughs> but yeah, it was really bold. So it was creative. It was definitely interesting. If its goal was to disgust me, he managed to pull it off a couple of times. 4.25. Okay. Um, so he, he's kind of he's having loud sex with a girl, and um, he, we're just kind of like hearing him and not hearing her at all. So like has sex with ladies, um, and then he he's makes... fucking her ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's why opens the booty hole. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, We know what it is. And um, so he has like sex with ladies and he makes them pay him and give him like, you know, like food or goods or whatever he wants. It's basically, you know, pimp moves right there. Um, You know, even filling like the gas to his car. Like, I think that's just like interesting that he's just like taking advantage of them. Um, And he's saying that he'll sleep with anybody, even like 93 year old, you know, women. Um, and he talks about having sex with pregnant women and like his, how he has like a girlfriend and she's a freak and she's nasty. Um, and he talks about getting his ass eaten, which is probably the very first time I've ever heard, um, any rapper talk about having that done. I've heard about like female rappers having that done, but I've never heard a guy like talk about openly getting his ass eaten. Um, so, I mean, that's okay. Um, so he's a freak and will sleep with girls, like, on their period. And, like I said, like, wipe it on their face. Um, he definitely plays with, like, all these, like, taboo fetishes. Um, you know, sex fetishes. Um, but, like, you know, and I do, I do think some of them are, like, a bit, like, crossing the line. Like, you know, he's taking advantage of, of women or he's doing something that isn't necessarily, like, legally okay or whatever um but i think that it's nice that he's talking openly about these kinds of things and so props to him for that um so i gave this a four on five it was interesting and it does it does what it's supposed to do the next one is a place i'd very much like to go back when i used to play sim city i would often name my little town h town So let's talk again a little bit about the context for how a song like H-Town. I just can't get enough of H-Town. It's so fucking cool. Um, I mean, obviously at this point in time, Houston might not be being taken very seriously in the global hip-hop world, or at least the national hip-hop conversation. And you have him kind of being hard, and his beat is very rhythmic. It's got some sparse, interesting highs that kind of lace through it. They kind of offset that a bit, but it's really about him being hard-hitting, you know? And his whole point is that Houston is legit. Um, I don't know that I wrote down a whole lot of lines on this one because it was mostly just the same level of savagery that we've been getting. But one of my favorite lyrics on the entire album is, In four words, I'm gonna rate you. Hmm, I hate you. I, I, so I, I kind of bleeped out a word there for the fourth one, but that was one of my favorite lines on the album because it's just that level of brevity is brilliant, right? It sounds like it's like it, it's so simple but well done that nobody but him could have dropped it the way that. Like if I had said that line, I don't think it would have worked. I mean, let's say we said person instead or whatever. I couldn't do it like that. But that's some dope-ass shit right there. Um, and then the way it just ends, repeating H-Town over and over again so that at the end of the day, you remember what you're supposed to take away from this song. H-Town ain't nothing to fuck with. 
and I think he really accomplishes that goal really, really well. Um, this sounds as savage as anybody. This could have come from anywhere, but the fact that it comes from H-Town uh, shows that Houston is a contender, and I really appreciate like seeing this effort to like put his city on the map and to try to make shit happen with it. So I enjoyed this one. I gave it another 4.25. Yeah, um, so this one, I mean, yeah, he's obviously talking about Houston here. He's from Texas. Um, and if you come to his town, you better not forget your gun because he's going to, like, kill you. He's going to shoot you if you try anything with him or any of his crew. Um, so don't talk shit to him. He's giving you, like, this warning right now. Um, he's representing, and it's kind of funny, like, when he set, comes in and it says, like, saying that from, like, the East Coast and, like, the West Coast are dope and everywhere else is dope, but he's also representing, um, and he says very clearly that Houston isn't just a cowboy town, okay? And if you, <laughs> and he'll shoot you if you come up to him saying that. Like, he's not about the, he's not a cowboy, okay? He doesn't, he's not a cowboy. <laughs> I think that's kind of what he's saying. I thought it was funny. Um, so he's putting, like, Houston on the map. And he's hard and he's serious about it. And um, it's he's not a cowboy. Um, so, so I very much appreciate when somebody has, like, like love for their hometown and, like, they're representing. And, like, especially when it's, like, a little bit different, it's not necessarily always, like, the same places we're hearing about. So, you know, Houston, Houston does, we don't have, like, I mean, there's not a lot of rappers from there that we've covered, but it, it's mostly, like, New York and um, Detroit and... Wasn't Zero from there? Yeah, I mean, there, there are... Wasn't there... Reno from there? Yes. They are. But I think it's interesting that, you know, they're kind of, like, representing, like, their their town. And, like, they're saying, like, we're good, too. Um, so, anyways, that's all. I gave it a four on five. I liked it. It was okay. All right. Well, the next one, things get a little bit amped up, you could say, as he goes on a slaughter. Is it just me? Or is this the actual soundtrack for what a slaughter psycho situation like that is that is slaughter music it just works really fucking well and i like the fact that he just starts it off dedicating this to the corrupt cops he's going after and it's and it's worth pointing out that this is not really anti-police it's anti-crooked police yeah and i bet most people who heard this back in the day that were not really understanding of the situation ignore that detail just hated it uh anti-cop anthem blah i I don't know i'm making shit up i'm just assuming that's what happened but it's funny because that to me is really the most standout point is that it's not a vendetta against every police officer in fact it almost feels like he has respect for proper police officers i don't know maybe but it's the corrupt ones the ones that are fucking up his day deliberately that are a problem um, so basically it's the same kind of song in terms of what Gangsta Nip does, but I love it that he's able to keep coming up with new ways to be Nip, and this time it's slaughtering, for the most part, police officers, and this is almost like an anti-police brutality anthem, but from the point of a black person raging back, you know, like, you guys fucked up my crew, you put my people in jail, you're harassing us like this, yeah. fuck that shit, I'm coming for you. And I really like some lines, like, there's one where it's something along the lines of he sticks his gun inside your pussy and bangs it while inside. And I was like, that's so fucking clever. 
You know, he's he's pretty psycho. He's going to fuck you with a gun and then shoot you. Um, but I really just enjoy the way it flows into it. I wish I had the lyrics in front of me so I could paint the context better. But um, another one that's really fucking dope is cops getting fired. And then he like he's about to count down. So five, four. I lied. He doesn't finish it. He doesn't yep. finish his countdown. He lied. He just shoots you. Um, and I like the idea that if you stop him. His boy is going to carry the cause. So it's like you can't just kill him and end this. This slaughter is coming because it's almost like you persecuted enough people in the community that this is more of like a martyr-like situation. This is more like everyone is behind this. You can't just keep abusing us and expect people not to come back is kind of what I took about to that. And then uh, there's some like fuck. I think it's a sample from Fuck the Police. I'm not sure. It's definitely one. I mean, of, that makes sense. The, anyway, the sample that keeps coming out. I, I don't remember. It sounded Ice QB to me. Um, I, I should know it. I know I know it, but like I can't place it right now. And then um, I like the fact that he's like dedicated to Rodney Kane, specific people in his community that have been killed by cops. And then when I hear that shit, I think about the fact that not only did we shoot a kid in NDG. NDG's my neighborhood in Montreal. Like the fact, and then we don't even have to talk about where most of the Haitian immigrants are. Haitian immigrants are congregated in what we call Montreal North. There's a lot of bad shit that happens there that people don't want to talk about because Montreal's in Canada and Canada's wonderful, right? Um, anyway, some bad shit happened. You know, like really a couple. There's, there's bad stuff that happens. No, but like a couple of, has- a couple of months ago, a kid got arrested. No bullshit for rapping profanity on the bus. The black kid got arrested. Of course, six cop cars and shit. Doesn't happen to white people, but... I mean, it might, but it doesn't ever seem to happen in Montreal to white people. You don't see the kid getting arrested for rapping on the bus, but you do see the Metro cops tackling people and shit. I don't know. You see it, we film it, nothing changes. That's just kind of what it is. Um... I did like the line where he's like, born on a sewing machine and died in a wheelchair. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I really liked it. I gave this song 4.75. I mean, take that passion and rage that Gangster Nip has been doing and point it at a target that aligns with my politics, and damn, we talking some fire. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Um, so, introduction saying that, like, you know, that gangsta nip is psycho and wondering who will stop this crazy man like he's out of control um and i think it's like in reference to like how gangster he is but also how crazy his raps are i think a little bit as well um and this one is like like a really intense song it's pretty good um he's got some really devilish lyrics um he's creative in like the dark sense and like what he uses and like how he like makes you feel and like he kind of says everybody better be aware and he's um islamic and you know which is in his name right um and he talks about allah which you know also kind of makes sense because in a few of his songs on this album he talks about like being a terrorist and like there still were terrorist acts um that were taking place you know from by muslims in like the 90s so like i think that that might be a reference to what was going on then um and he dedicates us to like this song basically to the people that were shot by cops and then criticize how the police are supposed to protect them and not supposed to kill them and how they don't feel secure and i think that that's sadly still true today like that there's a lot of issues and people have a lot of distrust for police because a lot of 
police kill without thinking necessarily or they're stressed out or whatever else and they just do some irrational terrible things um so i think that that's kind of something that's still going on so i think it is very good i thought it was like very hard and very like crazy and like he says some crazy things but it did feel a little bit long it's not the longest song it's only four minutes 19 seconds um but it was very good and like it has a good message so i gave it a 4.25 on five all right well the next one it could be by ozzy osbourne but it's not it's by gangsta nib let's get paranoid everyone okay i like the guitars and the beat that's cool also i looked it up and the guy who got shot in ndg was 23 just so i was saying kid he was 23 just so you guys know anyway um this was pretty cool um there's some interesting lines on it otherwise it's the same kind of shit um at this point i don't know that there's a lot i can add to what gangsta nip style is mm-hmm. but when he said my album you can't understand it side one gangsta shit side two would blow up the planet rick rubin fuck you from your niece to your nephew uh, I, okay so the first half of that and these lines are right in a row they, I, it sounds weird but they are so the first part makes sense to me because even a younger me would have been like what the fuck is this nonsense and i wouldn't have really understood what he was doing now that i understand let's say the circumstances of the ghetto in america a lot better um well i understand what he's doing so i do get it and i get the whole point of what his album's trying to be and i like how he's kind of showing that there's more than one point to who he is you know but then what's his beef with rick rubin what did Rick Rubin do? I don't even know. Why does he hate Rick Rubin? Can somebody please explain it to me? That's what you guys in the comments are amazing at. <laughs> I'm really hoping somebody well, can. Well, it must just... have been something. You probably criticized him for something or another. I just would love to know what Rick Rubin did to these little H-Town guys. That's all I want to know. Um, Vanilla Ice is a waste. He'll be a dead white bitch with a knife in his face is a, uh, another um, one. And I feel like the whole point of this song is to let you know that the Houston squad and Gangsta Nip are so strong, so important, so relevant that they will make other MCs and other cities fucking paranoid. As you can tell by letting you know Houston is hard, Gangsta Nip and Triple Six got you motherfuckers paranoid. Each of the verses kind of ends with something like that. I mean, overall, this song's fine. It really just, it lands at another 4.25 to me. Solid writing. He keeps it going in the same kind of way. But it does feel a little more focused. Like, we've come along in the album, and he's trying to, like, instead of just being completely outrageous, he's trying to, like, rein it in and let you know that this shit's serious to him. So the last, like, couple of songs, if you'll notice, are less psychotic and more pointed. So you have H-Town, which is like, yo, Houston fucking matters. Slaughter, the cops are fucking corrupt, paranoid. Houston fucking matters. You know, like, it's a bit of a tone shift from some of the earlier shit. So first he entertained you, and now he's dropping in some knowledge at the end of the project, which I thought was an interesting way to frame shit. Because hmm. bringing up Rick Rubin and Vanilla Ice is political. It's talking about shit that matters in a sense pop culture's exploitation of black people might be what he's talking about i mean rick rubin is kind of white um i don't really know (laughs) anyway 4.25 all right um i mean for me like this one was more of like the same thing again sort of like him talking about killing and violence and everything else and like you know this is kind of like the life in houston and i feel like we have heard about this on like a few of his songs and it, it was kind of it's sort of the same thing and like I don't really I don't really know much about Houston in the 90s it's like specifically or anytime really um 
So it's hard for me to like compare what he's talking about exactly, but like obviously like it, it paints a picture. Um, he's hard. I don't know. I, I feel like I was a little bit bored at this point. It was just kind of like the same sort of stuff over and over again. It was still good, uh, but it just didn't like have me at the same level. I gave it a 3.75. All right. That's super cool. So why don't we talk about where Gangsta Nip becomes basically the most human we're going to see on this album. Yep. It's a damned shame. I lied. I found the lyrics to this song on the internet just now. So yay, we have lyrics for this one. <laughs> um, Bonnie, why don't you take it? Um, okay. So this one has like a funky beat. Um, and I think that he's clearly like inspired by like 70s kind of like vibe. Um, a little bit because he has used like this kind of funky sound like a, on a couple of his songs on this album. Um, so he goes into describing that life is terrible and um, all of this violence needs to stop. Um, the drugs and violence, it's too much. People keep getting killed and it's constantly black people killing black people. And he's like, this is ridiculous. This is enough. Um, and like nobody's coming forward to to say like who killed anybody because witnesses are, are too scared to speak up um, because of retaliation. Somebody else is going to get killed and it's just going to like fuel the fire. It's just going to be like an ongoing situation. And he's just saying like this is like unnecessary deaths that keep happening. Um, and he talks about specifically when he was like hanging out with um, a couple of his like very good friends and um, because one person had a disagreement um, with the other friend uh, he ends up getting shot and so now you know and then like he runs away and the cops catch him so now it's he's kind of like okay so now one of you is dead and one of you is in jail was it really worth it like because you had like a disagreement over something like this is so stupid so i think that he's just kind of like fed up with like the situation and like the ridiculous and unnecessary killings um and cops are supposed to help um but they only cause more more of a mess for black people in a lot of the times and like the situations that they're in and it just doesn't seem like they can win one way or the other um, and even like white people at the end, he says, say it's a damn shame. Like, you know, like it really is like a damn sham shame. Like it is just like this terrible situation that they're in. And it's kind of like, like they kind of feel bad. Like the white people feel kind of feel bad, but they're not really doing anything to make a change and do anything to help them. Um, so I thought that this was like very good. It's like an honest view, um, like of of life and like the way people live and like the foolish like kind of macho decisions that you know guys tend to make and uh in like sort of stupid situations um and that it's not really worth it and it needs to stop and i thought it was a really good message and for me this was like the best album on this uh best song on the album um, I thought it was really good, it was really creative, it was really heartfelt, and it was really, like, honest and felt like he wanted to make a difference in, like, the world, like, in, which is just very different from all the other stuff that we've heard. Um, but still, it, I don't know, it was still pretty important. I gave us a 4.75. I thought it was very good. All right. Um, so in the first verse, it kind of paints out the violence in the hood. Like, dope walls in Houston's are getting rubbed. That's the third dope house the dope fiend shot up. And meanwhile, Dopey's ad-libbing like, damn, man. Brothers killing other brothers for a funky dime. Kills his mother, his own mother. Uh, straight up madness. Six dead bodies result in sadness. And, you know, what Bonnie was saying, there's no witnesses. Nobody can figure it out. So the problem just kind of perpetuates. But then 
you know, so much blood spill it. If you, you shoot, you live. If you don't, you get killed. And they say black people's to blame. And then the background voice is like, wait, what? Man, that's a damn shame. And I think what they're trying to say there is you have this environment. And meanwhile, you have the media and the, the government almost saying, well, it's your own fault for getting involved in this shit while completely ignoring the circumstances that lead up to this shit. And the fact that they blame black people exclusively for these problems is what I see is what they're commenting is a damn shame in the first verse. In the second verse, yeah, it's, it's pretty straight up. Buddies kill each other over a simple disagreement or two lives are ruined over and it's just kind of sad. And that's a damn shame. But then the third verse, man, police brutality operates undercover. Instead of a ticket, they beat on a brother. And when they're trying to get away from the brutal fest, they say resisting arrest. Now, how in the hell they they going to let that pass? Cops supposed to help, not whoop a brother's ass. Going insane is what I order. But then I turn my tape on slaughter. Um, that's his song. Get it. Yeah, I'm listening to the things they say and get that gun blast. Now, what's up with that fool? I'm tired of his bull. I'm ready to pull, blast and blast, guns blast, till the graveyard's full. And it's really just like mad at the cops for how they treat people and shit. Mm -hmm. And then in response to him listening to his own song about killing cops, being inspired to go kill cops, he goes and kills a bunch of cops. And then when it's done... Let those fucking dumbass white people show up and be like, well, that's a damn shame that it happened because that is how they respond to shit. 2019, fucking cop could kill like 18 black kids today. We'd wake up and go, it's a damn shame. Just go to fucking work or whatever. And that's maybe part of the problem. Maybe it's just how people cope with shit. I don't have answers, but that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of ends on like this rest in peace to the various people, you know, and it's just like a fuck police brutality situation. And knowing that it happens in my own town and that we're team, it only really lets me wonder how bad it can be in a place where there's violence like Chicago or other cities that are fucking up there, you know. Mm-hmm. I give this song a four and a half on five. I think it's the song that justifies the album from a politics point of view. Yeah. This is the first an only song where he drops the premise of being crazy. It's not about that. It's about really dropping the, the charade and saying this is stuff that actually happens. You might think it's all whatever. And if he didn't have this song, he'd just be perceived as some psycho guy. But by making this song, you realize that this is a bigger art piece of expression, of satire almost. That he's just hurting and he's expressing himself and it, it like in his words and like this song and that like and he's kind of showing like all this other stuff it's coming from something and i think that it is like you know it's just this constant like ridiculousness of killing like that happens around him and so yeah he ends on this song and as far as like a social politics point of view this might be one of the most essential album clovers closers i've seen that make an album work because you hear this song and then you stop and you're you're left to think with something very serious. You're not left to think with the psycho, I'm gonna fuck 14 year old shit. No, you're here with the, my environment's real. This is all stuff that's happening. And as much as you might think what you want, I'm just trying to tell you my story, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, as the album went on, it seemed to get more and more serious to end on like the most serious song on the project. And I think it's a beautiful way to end this album. Yep. Um, as far as the album as a whole goes, I give it a 4.364. Um, I could see how it's a pretty seminal album in terms of maybe horrorcore or maybe it's a, I don't actually know its relevance or its impact. I really don't. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to call this a classic. 
I think this was an enjoyable experience that brought in my historical understanding of hip-hop. And for that, I'm really grateful to have listened to it. There are a few songs on this that are really, like, stand out to me. But for the most part, it's a consistent barrage of over-the-top but well-written and really creative savagery. Like, yep. it's, it's really well done. It comments on multiple issues, and I admire his ability to stick to a topic. Like, if this song is about being disgusting to women, that's what the song is going to be till the end. And so he's able to do this again and again, and he's able to more or less hit multiple kinds of beats and, and kind of make a really well-rounded, but more importantly, distinct sound. Like, nobody else sounds like him. And I think the fact that he was able to pull that off is super impressive and shit. But still, I give the album like a four point, what did I say, three, six, four? Mm-hmm. Three, five or something, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, overall, I gave it a 4.05 on five, so it's an 81%. So it is technically squeaking by, like, if we go, I always say, you know, anything over four is, is technically a classic. I don't say that anymore. Um, but, I mean, so it does kind of squeak by, and, like, there are some interesting songs, and I think that it is very creative um and i you know like i said i suppose it's something similar to like stephen king writing a book or if somebody was you know writing whatever or you know writing um or like painting a picture or a, you know it's just sort of like his outlet for like getting out his emotions and everything else and i think you have to understand that that's what it is that he's not actually doing all of the crazy things that he's talking about in his songs um so yeah i think that he he does I think he does con- like something positive to it for as he contributes to horrorcore. Um, I don't know. It's not something that I listen to all the time. It's good in uh, in October, I would say. Fair enough. So thank y'all for watching. That's the end of our review. We have now done all the things we must do to set to this conclusion point. Thank you for being here. Like it really means the world that you guys are watching it. You follow and, us on Twitter and all of that stuff yeah um but more importantly feel free to leave us a comment join a we'll have a conversation like for real if you guys comment i'll answer you and if you answer i'll answer again and if you'll check it's mostly you who's going to stop answering not me because it's in my best interest to always keep answering answering y'all um but special thanks to the patrons carl j Chris Prado, Super Old School 1994, Ismail Gadamsi, and the OG himself, Linda Williams. They support <laughs> what we do directly. They can contribute to the request pool where they can, every couple of weeks, we're going to do a Patreon-driven request such as this episode from Super Old School 1994. And when you sign up, we'll cover whatever album you want, even if it's your own music or your boys or some shit the following month. That's uh, something there. We also are going to have a private Discord for our patrons and a public Discord, which you can find the link to in the description i don't know what discord really does yet but now we have it and it's open we're on my gonna computer we're going to be discording like crazy that's right bonnie will join us so you can talk to her she yeah. doesn't know it yet yeah. but she does yeah um anyway so you can join us there and you can get the private line and we can have like i'll pay more attention to the patreon ones because they're kind of earn that right a little bit more for my immediate attention uh we'll see how that goes we don't there's no promises on that uh you'll get access to content early anyway we'll get we'll be able to grow get better <laughs> shit a better setup move it out of my apartment all of that good shit um otherwise if you want to hit that subscribe button pretty please hit that like button or dislike whatever uh hit that comment mode that's the most important part we can talk up in there yeah. that would be super amazing of you help and us he doesn't grow. stop talking so feel that's free true. to like tell me to shut up if yeah. you want i mean then it would be a lame-ass <laughs> fucking show if i never talked but still true. Not, um 
But uh, I also dropped a project recently. It's on all the streaming services. A bunch, uh, all the songs are on this channel, and so you can check that out in the description of this video. On that note, I think I'm out of shit to plug at the end. So thank you. Have a wonderful week, and our ladies' album that should have been episode 90 is coming next week. Peace. Bye, guys.